This is the Sales Development Podcast, hosted by David Delaney, powered by Tenbound. My name is James Bodden, with the pleasure of introducing episode 193, featuring Jason Sirota, head of growth business development North America at Adobe. Jason and David jump right into this value-packed episode, talking about how Jason ended up at Adobe and got into sales development as they kick off this episode that's focused on the challenges of modern outbound. The episode gets rolling as David asks Jason about the pros and cons of being acquired by a larger company like Adobe. Look, many listeners out there may go through a merger acquisition at some point. Some really great advice is given by Jason here. At the 15-minute mark, David gets tactical on how Jason tracks his team's progress and how he uses different reports to drive success in different areas. Super insightful and valuable information here for all of you SDR leaders. The episode rolls right along as Jason and David discuss how Jason trains his team and ups their industry knowledge. Another hot topic for all of you SDR leaders out there on how to get your team familiarized with the industry that they're calling, emailing, and reaching out to on a daily basis. The episode rolls right along as David asks Jason about the future of his team at Adobe and how he is going to navigate outbound going forward in the future. Look, this is a constantly changing landscape. Jason is somebody who is at the forefront of modern outbound, and this is a value-packed episode. Any SDR leader has to tune in to episode 193. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to leave us a rating. Head over to tenbound.com to keep track of what's going on with everything tenbound and enjoy episode 193 of the Sales Development Podcast featuring Jason Sirota, head of growth business development North America at Adobe. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am joined today by Jason Sirota, head of growth business development for North America at Adobe. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Excited to collaborate. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the show. The perspective, you know, that you bring working at a bigger company and running, you know, the North America, especially when it comes to outbound. You know, outbound is a huge topic in the sales development community. It's a nut that everyone's trying to crack and it's tough. It's not something that you can master overnight. So I want to dig into that. Jason, before we do though, how did you get into sales development and end up over at Adobe? Very interesting, maybe unique story possibly, but my original background was in, I was a TV producer, TV executive for Disney with ABC Studios. And then I had a career change about four or five years ago. You know, I was so before I was kind of basically selling stories to networks and buyers around in the entertainment industry and really wanted to make a sales transition to technology. and got an opportunity to be a BDR for Magento Commerce and helped expand that company and and grow their outbound sales strategy and then got promoted. And then we were acquired by Adobe and became their e-commerce product of choice, which has been incredible. And then got promoted to run different departments within different business units for business development within Adobe within the past couple of years. So it's been incredible to see just the transition of the company and just kind of how our approach to market has been pretty incredible. That is really amazing. So what was it like to go from, I'm assuming, you know, a smaller to mid-sized company and then being 
subsumed into this larger company? There's definitely pluses and minuses. It really depends on kind of what you want. And I honestly, I loved it. Being acquired by a company is definitely, you know, not always easy. It's just, you know, learning how to adapt to change, learning how to adapt to new leadership in terms of, you know, restructuring how you fit into the company. But then, you know, it came with like a lot of big pluses, honestly, in terms of having so many allies and having such an amazing global brand has been super helpful and really helping me learn and grow in terms of how do we grow e-commerce and you know other business units at scale to even more to the next level. So it's been fun just collaborating with an even larger marketing department in a larger, you know, sales operations department and kind of how we all work together to on the same mission. So it's been a fun experience. Okay. So that's a good context. So tell me about the mission. You know, when you came in now, you know, you've got to put together the strategy for outbound. What was your mission, you know, to accomplish? And then how did you go about starting to think about going outbound, you know, with the brand? Yeah. So I guess to give everyone context, we were very much, I would say when we were just a startup and just Magento Commerce, very lucky, you know, e-commerce was on the rise and it was a very hot, it still is a very hot industry, but it was a very hot product. So a lot of our stuff, I wouldn't say it wasn't a hundred percent living and breathing on inbound leads and coming in, but I would say we were just starting to touch the surface as we were growing as a company with outbound. And we were growing so big that, you know, we needed to do outbound to be able to hit our new goals. So I was kind of help leading that mission and the new strategy of how do we go about doing this in terms of growing certain, you know, working with marketing, in my opinion, I think not just, you know, usually you think of outbound, which I'll get into more, is, you know, totally separate from marketing. And I think that is, I totally disagree with that. And I think, how do you leverage them and work with them as an ally and not worry about attribution? Because I think that's a huge thing that might slow businesses down. And how do you work with them for them to attain their goals and our goals at the same time? So I think the biggest thing specifically in business development to answer the second part of the question is, you know, it's all about process. Yes, I wanted sales strategy. You know, I think the biggest thing is getting sales development representative SDRs and BDRs to think more like a marketer. And not only on like educating and communicating and informing different prospects, but I think more on the process side. And I think the biggest problems are in front of us when you think about sales leaders managing app on today, you know, I think BDRs can be very lost and disorganized and get overwhelmed by either an account list or work slower and efficient and knowing like, how much time do I spend on personalization? Or, you know, how do we enable BDRs to actually be creative or, you know, challenge them to take a risk? Those are some of the biggest problems that I think in kind of the system we created was, and it sounds so simple, but is really cloning the process that marketing had set for the past few years is leveraging campaign codes. And then just for the viewers who can just again give update on what campaign codes are, it's basically just a way, you know, a certain specific like word or phrase, depending on how you want to track it, if it's based on like location or idea or product that you tag to each contact or lead that you're working on, just to track, you know, what are the results? Like how many meetings have you set based on that idea? Or just like how marketing would do it, you know, based on the money they spent on a certain campaign idea, they want to track, you know, what are the results, how much pipeline is being given, how many sales are closed based on that idea. And I kind of clone that for outbound and, and it's been super effective. So I'm excited to share more on kind of how that process works. Got it. Okay. So 
A few things. One is you look at yourself as sort of a partner with the marketing department because they've already done so much work. And a lot of times it seems in sales development that we just don't even look at what they're doing. <laughs> you know, it's like we're our own little island, you know, and so you've really leveraged that. And then with the codes, is it essentially that they're doing all these different marketing activities on people that are in the system, and then they're tagging those campaigns on the contact record. And so you can see that and that you cloned that in the sales development environment. Is that right? That is right. So it's in essence, just like a marketing department, but they have like the funding and, you know, they'd be able to spend money on an idea at scale. And let's just say like they're running a LinkedIn campaign, you know, anything for part of that campaign would be tagged that came from that origination would be tagged with that LinkedIn campaign code for that specific ad or campaign they're running. So very similarly, the one thing that I love about this is it's really getting BDRs to be creative and get invested in their own ideas. So basically with our teams is we'll have them, everyone responsible for creating their own idea, and we'll create a campaign code just for that idea. And then anytime they're going after something that's centered around that idea, they'll tag it, that contact or lead in that campaign, and then they'll create their own outreach sequence that's associated with that messaging. And then they can track it, you know, just like marketing, they can check the amount of, you know, and marketing, you know, technically marketing qualified leads that come in, but it's now it's definitely outbound qualified leads that come in and see how much pipeline they're getting. And the best part about this is it's really low risk. It's a way to get better visibility, I think, more organic collaboration between the BDRs and their managers. It also gives BDRs a way to, you know, invest in their own idea and more direction. Because I think BDRs, you know, when you're given, like, say, you're assigned an account list and you're outbound, you're not like, where do I even start? And it's how do I even focus my day? So it gives them a lot of direction and focus to be like, today, I'm just going to focus on my one or two campaign ideas and really getting comfortable getting in a flow talking that language. So let's just say the idea is based around an, an industry, then they're constantly talking that industry language for the next few weeks, instead of just a random list that, you know, going one by one, they're getting, you know, repetition kind of sticks. So by repeating that language in conversation, understanding their buyers that much more, they're able to have better results. So that's kind of the theory behind it, besides giving them structure and focus, but it also gives them visibility. So, it, you know, it's an opportunity to develop their own copywriting skills, you know, creating their own you know, sequence and sales loss or, or outreach, you know, depending on which what you're using and be creative and kind of think outside the box with low risk and kind of forces, you know, organic collaboration amongst the team as well. You're doing a, a team collaboration as well. It really is. And it's syncing with marketing. So how do you structure it from your level? Say you're going into the month or you're going into the quarter and, you know, your overall plan is to go outbound to a certain you know, cohort or a certain industry, how do you think about planning it? And then how do you get it down to having each of them running their own campaigns? So what I'll ask of them is anytime I want them to be running at least two to three at a time, one could be a you know full team one idea, and then two could be their ideas and really thinking about first pitching. So pretend like they're pitching an idea either to the team or to me and really thinking about like, what about these types of accounts? will be successful? And what does the evidence support this idea? Like, what is your hypothesis? So in terms of, it's a great way to get them to get practice forecasting and saying, you know, based on this evidence, I'm predicting this much, I have this goal that it will drive this many results, just like marketing would, you know, like they set goals, like we hope we're hoping to drive this many leads, you know, inbound based on this much money spent on this campaign. 
So similarly, based on evidence, maybe they figured out, you know, based on reporting or certain types of companies. I think the more specific, the better you can be. And it doesn't have to be a huge list. I think the more just like, you know, personalization is key nowadays. So I think even if it's the campaign is just 15 to 20 companies just for that one idea, I think it's well worth it. But it's just a way better way to get them to one, get be more efficient. And two, I think just be more creative. And a lot of the ways in terms of how that aligns with marketing is these ideas are not backed by money internally. So there's a lot, a lot of low risk involved. And let's just say we notice, you know, one of the BDR SDR's ideas ends up being super successful. Now we can, you know, let's put some money behind it and we can collaborate with marketing and say, Hey, this idea is working really well for us. Show them the evidence to support it. And then let's fund this by scale. And maybe it's a successful campaign for marketing. Think about it as like a way to test out ideas with low risk in a way. Got it. And so what's the cadence like for you then? Is it sort of a quarterly thing where they'll come in and pitch you, you know, the ideas for the next like three months? Is it a monthly thing? Is it bi-weekly? How do you roll out the campaigns with the team once they're, you know, pitching them and you approve of what they're doing? Yeah, I would say it's every few weeks. So, you know, in an ideal perfect situation, they're running two to three at a time. So let's just say every three weeks they start, they would add a new one if it's the last one. And it really depends. Like say if you're doing one that's only, you know, 15 companies is involved in that list based on that idea, then maybe it won't last as long. But it really depends because I want them, you know, the pipe like in terms of like their outreach, I want it to be constantly be them to come up with new ideas so it doesn't just stagger out. So I would say every three, four weeks, maybe they would pitch a new idea to add to it. And this is more of, you know, talking about in our one-on-ones and team meetings and collaborating it. So that's a big focus that usually my one-on-ones in team meetings is really talking about strategy and really talking about what's working, what's not, what trends are you noticing? And, you know, my favorite thing about this in terms of like biggest takeaway from this podcast, I feel is the morale and motivation besides, you know, the results. And I think we've seen a huge increase in KPIs and they're developing their skills and hitting their goals. But I think the motivation and morale has been incredible. I think people love, you know, they're going to work that much harder if they invest in their own idea because they want it to succeed. You know, you cr- when you create something on yourself, like for yourself, you know, you're going to put everything you want into it. So they're going to be that much more motivated for their campaign and working outbound to succeed. And honestly, it's a big plus too, in terms of another thing in collaborating with marketing is let's just say, you know, and this is a little off topic, but related in terms of how do we sync with marketing is let's in terms of career growth. So let's, you know, most BDRs and SDRs, not every single one wants to go to sales. That's just realistic. And there's a good portion of them who want to be marketers. So think about this as a time, you know, to test an idea, you know, build your portfolio out and really show what you can do. So I kind of use an opportunity is like, Hey, if you want to go to marketing, like come up with a great idea, let's find a successful one that you're working on and show them what you can do. And it's, it's almost like, you know, there's proof in the pudding that you know, what you're doing in terms of demand generation. You came up with your own idea, it's successful. And then also, so let's just say they transition to marketing, get that role. Now we have somebody, you know, an ally in place who knows how to work with us in the same process. So it's kind of like we're building that process and aligning with them as well. It's a fantastic opportunity for them if that's what they want to get into, right? Because they can actually, it's almost like a audition. Exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. If that's what they want to do, right? You can go exactly. in a lot of different directions. 
And so from a reporting perspective, since you've got the system in place and they're running the campaigns, are you able to report on it and kind of see what's working and what's not based on the codes and yeah. how they're tracking? So anything, and that's a specific, you, have to, you know, depending on what CRM you're using, if you're using Salesforce, then you can create a specific report, you know, with anything that's tagged in the campaign code, you can see the amount of leads or contacts that are in it and the number of opportunities or meetings that come from it, as well as closed bookings as well. And seeing like how much ASV pipeline is created from that specific idea or campaign, as well as like what stage of opportunities, you know, how many do you have, you know, that are converted to an opportunity, but in what stage they're in. So it's a really great way to see visually, like, you know, I came up with this idea, it resulted in 200k in ASV pipeline for sales. And then we can show that to marketing and they can say, well, this is incredible. Let's see if we can do this at scale and invest in this. Amazing. It might be the next big idea. And so do you report to marketing there or sales or? We reward the sales, but I think it's crucial just aligning yourself with marketing, I think is obviously that's a big topic all the time. And I think thinking of yourselves as allies to them is super, super important. I think a lot of times when you think about inbound and outbound and BDRs and SDRs, it's all about, you know, the argument is, you know, attribution and marketing, you know, will we source that? And then BDRs say, no, I actually source that. So I think it's, and how do you solve that issue is really truly aligning with them and working with them on outbound and thinking about is, is outbound is, in a, is a way to, you know, build evidence for marketing ideas to make them successful. And I think that's a great way to do it as well. And in terms of seeing what's working and not and vice versa, you know, looking at ideas from their side and seeing what's working and not. So I think it's a way better way to, you know, work together versus worry about like credit, I would say. Because that's always, I think, a hot topic, you know, that people love to talk about. But I think it's more important to team up with them. And then looking at the reporting, the evidence will really speak for themselves. I'm a big data person. I think looking at the data and seeing like, you know, what BDRs and SCRs are doing and seeing what works versus you can show the evidence to see, you know, it's such a low risk. So you can show the evidence saying we should invest in this versus marketing, spending something on that it's not proven yet, you know. So it's a great way to get them to have their own ideas and drive their results even more. I love it. And so let's talk about the, you know, enablement process or, you know, training yeah. and coaching for them. So as they're coming up with the campaigns, they're running the campaigns. How do you think about, you know, supporting them and coaching them once you get the data back and you're starting to see trends? Yeah. In terms of coaching and enablement, I mean, I think we're constantly giving feedback to improve the process. So looking at the, let's say they create a sequence in, you know, sales loft or outreach. And that's a great way to really develop their copywriting skills and writing skills and seeing, looking at the, you know, the response rate and seeing, you know, A-B testing. And I think that's a huge part of it is adapting. And if something's not working, let's change something up. And I think there's improving that specifically to these campaign ideas. And I think in terms of working with coaching on it is really focusing on them to have more of a, you know, when they're doing outbound specifically, how do they do it where like you're familiarizing yourself with your prospects and personas and making sure it's not coming off too strong in your outbound campaigns? Because I think sometimes that can be challenging when we're training and coaching is it can come off when you're trying to sell something and you don't want to come off that you're trying to sell somebody something and more credit trying to help them. Because I think that's really like the most fun thing about it is if you know people buy from people who they like first, but also from people who they can trust. And I think it's how the key is, 
how, when you're running these campaigns, like how do you find the trust built within that prospect? Like that's the question I always want them to think and always have a reason for reaching out. Don't just call to say, I'm trying to sell you something or calling about this product is you've got to always have a reason for calling and a real reason to help them and help them achieve their goals. So I think in terms of enablement, and I know in terms of having the perspective that you don't just have that one product in your bag to sell is a huge thing I always talk about with my team, just because it's, you want them, you know, when you're asking these questions and, and asking the BDRs to focus is really ask them about their business or their company and the product you're trying to, you know, help sell to them is not top of mind and that's okay. You know, how do you provide that customer service and customer experience is always number one. So let's just say their problem is not a problem we can solve right now. Then, you know, how do we help them solve that problem? Maybe it's a partner's product, you know, can help solve that problem. Let's introduce them to one of our partners because I trust me, once you build these long-term relationships, then they'll come back to you when they're ready. So that's a huge thing we talk about. Yeah, it's interesting because there's an urgency, you know, to outbound and, you know, got to get them on the line, got to set up a meeting, you know, get a SQL or, you know, whatever, like whatever the metric yeah. is to, to set yeah. a meeting. But at the same time, there's sort of that outreach fatigue, you know, that the prospects are just like, uh, you know, there's so many messages coming at them. Yeah. And, you know, your approach to building a longer term relationship is really the way to, you know, add value and introduce and go outbound, but it takes time. And that's sort of how do you balance the urgency of needing to set meetings and build pipeline with the long-term approach like that? Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I think with that, in terms of like, how do you prioritize that? I think, well, first over time, it will, as you plant seeds and build your pipeline, if like you're a brand new hire, you know, I think as you're planting seeds and building the pipeline, it will catch up. So it naturally you'll get meetings for the ones you planted early on. That's one thing. But also in terms of seeing what to prioritize or not, I think that's where the campaigns are helpful. That's why it gives them focus and direction is like right now, let's focus on these specific campaign ideas. And then you can always, you know, in terms of if they're not ready to talk now, you can always tag those in a specific way to say that maybe they weren't ready to talk about this specific product, but their biggest problem right now is this. And you introduce them to a partner and you want to check back in just saying three months later, hey, how's that problem going? Was that solved? Was it helpful for you? You know, it's almost like another reason to check back in. And it's, you know, you're saying you are that resource to solve all their problems and not just the mindset of I'm just trying to sell them one item, but a resource to help them grow. And I think that's my favorite part about sales development is really helping businesses grow and succeed because that's what it's all about. And I think if you provide that customer service mentality, then you will be successful. And your feedback and your communication from customers and prospects is all going to be positive if you really have that mentality. I love that. And that's so true. So, you know, you're essentially going around and offering support, offering help, you know, whether it's Adobe or another solution right now, it's coming at it from the point of view that we're, you know, it's almost like you're a consultant. If you need something, you know, we want to make that happen for you. And it could be us right now. And if it is, you know, we'll set up a meeting. And so if you're getting, you know, your team in place, you've got these recruits, right? And a lot of people earlier in their career that don't have a lot of experience, you know, in the industry that they're calling on. How do you take them from not knowing much about the people and the industry and getting them to the point where they can actually add value and, you know, build those relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. And then that's where 
I would say in terms of your research and really that's something I hone in with my team is really constantly block off time in your calendar, you know, add in, especially for new hires and, and really looking at your ideal customer profile in looking at like what types of industries and customers are the perfect fit. That's always huge. So I think learning your ICP is one of the biggest things that when we're, you know, training new hires and product is so important, but I feel like learning your ICP, this product is, there's just so much and it can be features and functionality is a lot to learn in such a short period of time when you're onboarding. So I feel like really focusing on the industries and personas first will really help them be more successful because they know how to talk that language. So doing their research, understanding that industry by reading different articles. So having my team constantly, you know, be up to date and reading what are the, you know, trends in that specific industry and sharing that with us, you know, what are you noticing companies are needing? So I think learning to talk that language is more of just practice and learning from your mistakes is one thing. And I think that's a huge thing that I think leadership and what I like to communicate, it's okay to fail and make mistakes. So in the beginning, if they don't know how to speak that language, that's okay. And learning from that is super important in growing and developing those skills, but also, you know, shadowing other people within the team. I think learning from them in terms of how do you talk that language is also another way. But research and practice, I mean, I think that's just practicing and honing your craft and learning what's important to specific industries is always something that is important. It's so great. And it's such a great entry point. You know, if they decide to stick with this industry or they decide to stick with Adobe for a long time, because they can use those skills. They're just building a foundation to get into sales or get into marketing or customer success or all these different things. So it's a great foundation, you know, to start with that yeah. approach, it seems. Oh, for sure. And I think it's interesting how you talk about like developing their skills and getting it into, you know, in terms of career growth, getting into anything they want to do next, if it's sales, marketing, let's say customer success is really thinking, you know, people always worry about like, what's your next step? Am I going to like sales? And, and there's like that fear involved. And I think even you take away that fear is, you know, everyone's going to have a unique journey and bring that unique skill set to that next role. I've seen a lot of people go to customer success and then they go to sales and they're some of the best salespeople and vice versa. Maybe you're in sales and you have that sales experience and go to customer success. So I think it's, you're going to bring, no matter what step you make next, you know, this is all going to be, you know, honing those skills and you're going to have something that maybe someone didn't have that unique experience that you had. And it's going to be really helpful in that journey. hundred percent. And so, you know, next steps, as far as what are you working on now? What's the new strategy? What's coming up in the future for the team? For the team? I mean, so what we're trying to do is a lot of these campaigns, we're trying to scale out this process even further, I think across the business unit. And I think that's something that, you know, is just taking time. But one of my favorite things is trying to figure out, honestly, like with obviously the hot topic of COVID is figuring out, you know, events coming back, are they still going to be virtual? Because I know obviously there's a big virtual burnout right now, but I think there are people who still want to do virtual. It just depends on, you know, what your prospect is wanting. So I think the biggest thing is how do you add value and really talking about our customers and focusing on our current customers' stories and how are they connected to prospects? And then that's a huge thing because I think people buy from who they trust. So let's just, for example, let's just say your current customer is a manufacturing company and they work with a handful of distribution companies. Then really talking about the story of your current customer who's the manufacturer 
to these distribution companies and just, you know, just educating them on it and seeing if that's something that would be helpful for them or, or learning more about how they're doing, you know, what they're doing and accomplishing their goals. So, you know, when you discuss the stories that there's built in trust with people you're trying to connect with, it's that much more effective. And that's a huge, huge priority for us right now. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been so interesting. You know, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we got to get you on again and do another deep dive on this. <laughs> I mean, this is an amazing program. And if folks want to connect with you, learn more, I'm sure that there's opportunities on the team. What's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, feel free to message me on LinkedIn. Always open to talk, especially about outbound. That's definitely my passion. I love kind of coming up with new ideas and ways to stand out in outbound. So always happy to connect. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll definitely connect with you on LinkedIn. And Jason, thanks for coming on the Sales Development Podcast. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.